0: The Rams may have found a star edge rusher in the third round. Who will be the Rams starting edge rusher? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are locked on Rams. Your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, Ramley? Welcome to another edition of Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. We are also available over on YouTube, so join the party over on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and also let us know who do you think should be the Rams' starting edge rushers. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at dmac_la. underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, from UCLA football to the Lakers to the Dodgers, but now i'm covering the Rams for locked on and as always i'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for espn 710 la the Rams' flagship radio network he's entering his eighth season covering your los angeles rams the travis rogers you can follow him at travis rogers on twitter now Trav, we got to get into this the edge rusher position got some stars they could have drafted we're gonna talk about leonard floyd the old friend you're gonna ready to get into it my man Let's do it. They're going to need some help at this spot. Let's break it down let's break it all down so we're going to start with leonard floyd who signs with the buffalo bills and at this point look are they the buffalo rams are they the los <laughs> angeles bills are they going to change it from bill's mafia to whose house bill's house at this point you have so many former rams on this bill's team from floyd to von miller to david edwards to taylor Rapp to Trayvon howard and first thing i want to ask you travis is look i thought their gm brandon bean said that he didn't want to build his team like the rams and he's got a lot of former rams players
1: yeah he may not want to build it like the Rams, but he's building it with Rams. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys there that used to wear the horns. So uh look, I, I think that this is a good sign for what the Rams have done, right? Just simply The Bills are one of the better teams in the AFC. The Bills are a team that I think have real Super Bowl aspirations coming into the season. And if they feel like the Rams have drafted and developed the right guys, that means that the Rams will continue to draft and develop the right guys. And and I think that they're, you know, obviously the Rams are in a different you know, spot in their calendar, so to speak. In other words, the Rams probably aren't a Super Bowl caliber team right now, but it does speak to their ability to identify very good players that other very good teams would like to have.
0: Yeah, and Travis, I would suggest that if they really want to emulate the Rams, maybe they would win a Super Bowl or two. Of course, <laughs> 0 and 4 in Super Bowls. Last time I checked. And look, hey, I was always saying, like, I'd rather have one Super Bowl trophy than 22 playoff appearances. So I think building the Rams' way, it's really interesting to me. A lot of these people say, oh, you want to be more fiscally responsible, you want to do things differently. Yet we have teams out there kind of emulating the Rams, signing their former players. I just find it very interesting. Of course, you know, those those Super Bowls, the four straight losses, the miserables, as they like to yeah. call it. But, hey, we'll see if they can find a way to win a Lombardi Trophy. But, yeah, they cut Leonard Floyd. They saved $3 million only in 2023 with a $19 million dead money hit. But, hey, none of his final two seasons were guaranteed. And the reason why the cap savings is basically – Hello, is because they've already paid him that money. So it made a lot of sense. We look at the direction of this team. But when you talk about what they're losing as a player and not bringing him back, I mean, 29 sacks the last three years, averaging almost 10 sacks per season. And yes, he did lead the Rams in that category. But if we're being completely honest, those sack totals were a little deceiving. I don't want to call him an Aaron Donald merchant, but hey, let's be honest here. I mean, he wasn't putting up those numbers without AD there in the middle.
1: No, you're exactly right. That Aaron Donald has made a lot of guys a lot of money. That he's put a lot of stats on the back of football cards. If football cards still exist, I don't know. I haven't I haven't bought a pack in some time, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that the Rams I think believe, and I think they're right. That I don't want to say you can put anybody next to Aaron Donald, but you can put a lot of people next to Aaron Donald and they'll continue to thrive that they'll continue to get those sacks that are so important. So Aaron Donald can continue to not draw a double and triple team every single time. He's still going to get his doubles. He's still going to get his triples, but as long as somebody else, whether that's someone else is Dante Fowler or whether or not it's Leonard Floyd, you know, obviously Von Miller is the very best example of this because Von Miller's a Hall of Famer in his own right, but you put a guy together with him, two Hall of Famers together, and it's a nightmare matchup and you saw what happened. The Rams go and win the Super Bowl in that season. But look, this is something that the the Rams have an idea. And whether or not it works, time will tell, but I really like the fact that they have a very clear path on what they want to do, that they're not changing course every other year. I think that's the sign of a bad team, where you're trying A, A doesn't work, you go to B, you go to C, you go to Q, and you're just all over the map. The Rams have been executing plan A for a very long time, which is, let's go for it right now. I think we're in the beginning of a transition where you're going into another plan A, which is, let's accrue some Ability. Let's accrue some draft picks. Let's see what else is out there. We have to understand where your window is. And they're starting the beginning of this. It's very tactical. It's very strategic. And the Leonard Floyd departure is part of it.
0: Yeah, no question about it. And look, I see people out there. Oh, were they penny pinching with Leonard Floyd? No, that was not the case. I mean, the reason it was so low is because they've already paid him so much in comparison to the cap hits that he has had the classic, you know, cash paid minus cap hits equals dead cap. So look, we understand that. And it wasn't about that. But I will say this was a consistently productive player. This is a guy yeah. that you could count on. And getting that production is definitely what you like to see. But yeah, I agree with you 100%. You put someone next to Aaron Donald, you are going to get that productivity. But I want to ask you this, Travis. I mean, the fact that a guy that's averaging almost 10 sacks per season is still on the market in June, that seems very telling about how the NFL feels about him.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think that the 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 rush to purchase the player, right? To sign the player is always going to give you a pretty good idea of how he's viewed around the rest of the league. And I think that Leonard Floyd was, you know, here we are in the June before he finally connected with the team. I think, you know, maybe and maybe he'll prove the world wrong. Maybe he is that guy that got drafted in the first round by the Bears and had very high expectations. But I think the the slow play to get him on a roster. I think speaks to the fact that they think a lot of his production was a result of 99 and not necessarily of of Leonard Floyd himself, that he draws so much attention that Floyd was able to take advantage of that. Now, maybe Buffalo can set up a similar uh, situation, but I would argue there are not a lot of guys similar to Aaron Donald. Not a lot of guys similar to Aaron Donald reminds me
0: of the scene in Avengers when Captain America tells – Banner, He's like, hey, this is a good time for you to be angry. And he looks back and he says, that's my secret. I'm always angry. And then he goes, he takes him over, and then they all benefit from it, right? That's kind of how disruptive right. he was. If you look at Floyd, too, I mean, he's not your classic, hey, let's explode, get to the quarterback-type yeah. edge rusher. He was solid against the run, but he left a lot to be desired against... The pass and trying to get to the quarterback. And hey, I think it's very interesting that he ends up with the Bills because one of the reasons we went out there and we got Von Miller was because of how much he lacked as a pass rusher. And now they're on the same team. By the way, how do you feel about calling your team We in this sense? I mean, are you against that? Are you one of those guys? Are you a We? Are you We? I, not I we?
1: am not a We guy, but I do not mind people that are We people, if that makes sense
0: oh yeah okay yeah i'm I'm, a, I'm definitely a wee guy i'm trying to phase that out my friends always make fun because i get the gear they're like bro think he's a coach bro think he's a coordinator they want to get me like a laminated one of these things my hey, like kind
1: of McVay vibe going here a little bit right you, you, you look good you're ready to go you got the gear you got your hair pulled back like mcveigh you're looking good you got the whole thing on up. the team coach no
0: i mean i'm happy to do what i'm doing right now but coming up in our next segment we're going to talk about who could be those edge rushers who will be starting for the rams we're going to break it all down, and that's coming up next here on Locked on Rams.
1: All right, before we do that, dmac let's talk about our pals at FanDuel. Right now, you should make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. They are just about over, so you want to get in right now because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,000. Five hundred dollars That's right. $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet does not win, you're going to find great promotions every single day on all of the games. It is safe and secure, which means your money is always available to you. And of course, you can get paid instantly. Who does not want to get their money when they want their money? No better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit fanduelcom slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to twenty five. $500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. fanduel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And we're off and running
0: here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And a special shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you. And you can join the Everydayers Club too. Definitely tune in every single day. Hey, even go to past episodes. All of Travis's episodes are classics from Way of the Past. So definitely go sure. Tune in. Hey, in the offseason, why not? But uh, we're going to talk about the edge rusher position. Who could fill that role? And Travis, I want to start with kind of the incumbent in Michael Hoyt. And we know that Michael Hoyt, he was one of the bright spots. He was one of the productive players, especially the last part of the season. Four and a half sacks in the Rams' final six games. Of course, he was converted there in the D-tackle position midway through the season. But just kind of what's your overall outlook of Michael Hoyt heading into this season and his opportunity that he has ahead of him at the edge rusher spot?
1: Yeah, I like what you said, D Mac, because I think that last year was a tough year, right? You only win five games. It's a Super Bowl defense that just never really got off the ground. It was the season that nearly made Sean McVay walk away, walk away from the team. Matthew Stafford didn't play. Cooper Cup didn't play. Allen Robinson didn't really get going at any point. It just was there was nothing really there until you kind of got towards the back end of the season and you started to see some players like Michael Hoyt really develop. Michael Hoyt was a special teamer. Right. He was he was depth on that defensive line. And more more than that, he was a guy that was a a special teams player. That was his role on this team. Uh I don't know if Sean McVay, if Les Sneed, if any of the coaches had any idea that he had the ability to get after the quarterback the way that he did. And if we're being perfectly honest, maybe he doesn't. Maybe it was the perfect little storm and opportunity and opponents and everything else. But the other side is true too. Maybe he does. Maybe maybe there is an opportunity for him really to kind of develop into that player. Sometimes found money is, is there, right? That he's the $20 you find in the jacket that you haven't put on in a long time. It's like, I didn't even know I had this, but damn, if I'm not happy to, to, to use it, um, Maybe he could be the guy that benefits from Aaron Donald. Maybe he can, you know, maybe he's not going to be a a 10, 12 sack guy like some other guys. But if he gets a, a handful or a handful plus, that is a huge bonus from somebody you weren't expecting to get anything from. And I agree with what you're saying, too. I think he's going to be your first option. They don't have a ton of options there. They drafted some options, but somebody that's been in the program is always going to get the first crack at it. Yeah, no doubt
0: about it. I think they liked his hustle. I think they liked his effort. And he's a perfect example. We're talking about Aaron Donald. He's a perfect example of what you can do when you're singled up, when he frees things up and you can take advantage of that. But I will also say, if you look him up, they still have him listed at 310 pounds as a defensive tackle. And that is not the prototypical edge, edge. That does not, not the edge. size and speed, right?
1: Yeah, no, that that is a big man. And, you know, you typically, look, Aaron Donald is the guy never, ever look. well, if Aaron Donald can do it, no, 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 no. That, that That's a bad starting point. You need to find the guy that looks like, right, the Kayvon Thibodeau is what these guys typically look like. You know, they're tall, they're athletic, they're explosive, they're lean, they're incredibly fast. Uh Michael Hoyt looks like a defensive tackle because he is right now. Maybe they slide him, slide him out a little bit and give him some chances, but no, he is, he is not going to look like the prototypical edge guy. Yeah, not the prototypical edge guy. You're not going to use a
0: Mack truck to try to win an F1 race or anything (laughs) like that. But also, too, look, they have the guys in place now where he doesn't have to play out of position. You can use him where he can be optimized best. And I think, look, he needs to improve his angles, especially against run containment. I mean, the run containment definitely wasn't at its best. And when you're that size, I mean, even if you are athletic for that size, and if you have the effort, you just are not going to be able to be able to stop Athletic running backs that are juking and making cuts. It's just not going to be a position no. where he can have success. And look, I guess, like you mentioned, he was a defensive tackle in college, of course, a UDFA out of Brown. So it's nice to see that he has made these strides. He is, is a guy that definitely broke through last year, but I just don't think that he should get that edge rudge spot. I think maybe situationally, I think just certain spots situationally put him on the edge at his size. But hey, that definitely that tells teams out there that invites them to run the ball to that side with sweeps, with reverses, with edges. And I think that really compromised the defense.
1: Yeah, his job is to to fill up some space, right? If he gets some sacks because the sacks become available to him. And I don't want to say you luck into him because that's a little dismissive. I don't think it's lucky, but I think that all of a sudden an opportunity presents itself and you're able to jump on that opportunity. I think that's more of the sort of player he is to take up space, to force guys into those areas where more athletic guys might be able to run him down or run those running backs down. But look, if, if he gets, if he gets exactly what he did last year over the course of a full season, I think that's a success that they, they were backloaded because the team was what they were last year. But if you could tell, say right now, look, Michael Hoyt's going to have four five, six sacks. I think that the Rams would take it right now, even though hopefully that he's going to play a lot more than just the second half of the season, the way he did last year.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think put him in a spot where he can have success, put him in a spot where you can see plays like he made against the Seahawks last year, just that inside slab, yeah. pull an arm over for a sack, just kind of be vicious and disruptive out there. But the reality is he's just too big to be an edge. It really comes down to that. Yeah. Agility is going to be a big issue for him. I like him in certain spots, but I think, why I want to see in that position is Mr. Byron Young. Now, Byron Young, you talk about the prototypical edge. You talk about the size and athleticism. He has that in spades, 6'2", 250 pounds, a 4'4", 340. He's pretty much faster than our cornerbacks at this point. A one-five-four 4 in the 10-yard split with a 38-inch vertical and 11-foot broad jump. Those are the metrics you look for at that position. Am I right, Travis?
1: No, that look, if you were putting a guy together on a piece of paper and you were just writing, if this this is a combine all star, right, that the size, the speed, the weight, the the metrics that you're talking about, D-Mac, the question becomes, can he play football? And 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 sometimes the absolutely it translate, and other times that the athleticism will kind of lead them into positions that aren't advantageous to them. That it doesn't really work out the way that they needed to. That they think that they can fix it with athletic ability. Some guys can, some guys can't. And now they're out of position, and their big plays going on. Can he play within Raheem Morris's system? Can he follow? You know the the rules. In other words, that we need you here, not here, because if you go to the wrong spot, now the whole thing breaks down. This is what Aaron Don- Aaron Donald's kind of. The, the 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 answer that nobody wants, in the sense that he can do whatever he wants because he's Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is doesn't have to follow the rules because he's a unicorn because he's one in a million. Everyone else needs to follow the rules. He's the only one that can freelance. If you try to be like Aaron Donald, then the whole thing breaks down because there's only one of those guys. But I agree with you. Byron Young is the guy that I think has the the look. He's got the speed. He's got the feel. It's just a matter of whether or not he's got the 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 ability to play in Morris's system whether or not he's going to get that opportunity.
0: Yeah. And I love that you bring up Morris and to your point, I think it's all about development with this guy. For me, if I'm drafting, give me the raw, give me the athletic, give me the measurables and all, we all deal with the development. Give me those opportunities because this kind of speed, this size, this athleticism, you can teach that, but you can develop. And we know the Rams, that's how they're trying to get value. That's why they get all these lottery tickets, these IPO stocks because they believe in their player development. But two things really come to mind when it comes to Byron young is you really just don't see a lot of, edge rushers that are picked in the third round that are expected to have big impacts in year one i think mean, that really speaks to where the rams are at defensively and the fact you're gonna have nine new starters and also look not a ton of experience and he's already 25 so hey there's that and also one thing i'm very excited about and i know you are too we're gonna get to see some starters in the preseason and you have to absolutely give byron young those reps early on
1: yeah like you said he by his age relative to where he is, he hasn't played the amount of football that some other guys have. And I, I I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's going to be really interesting. And we're going to kind of get an idea on how flexible Sean McVay is, uh, with his philosophies. And, and from what I've seen through the first six years of his career, I think he is pretty flexible. I think he is, you know, he's stu- he's the right amount of stubborn, which is, this is how I do things. And I, I, he believes in his processes And they've so far worked out really well for him. But this is a totally different thing. I don't play guys in the preseason. Okay, fine. But you don't have anybody to hold back. You don't have anybody that's got this. Well, we got, you know, you got your Donalds and Cubs and Staffords and things like that. But you're right. I'm I'm excited to see these guys play in the preseason. Uh, I think they probably will. But I think we're going to get a little glimpse into Sean McVay and whether or not he wants to kind of change that a little bit. Because while he's been here, we really haven't seen anybody in the preseason to speak of. But I think this year might be different. I think it's gonna
0: be different too. We also we talked about this earlier. We love his story, of course. He was a manager at Dollar General. Now he works at SoFi Stadium. I think it's a much better office, right? But yeah, Dollar Pretty, General, yeah.
1: man. Yes, it's 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 a it's a different environment. It's that's for different customer. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I think this kid's going to be a star, man. I think this kid's going to be a star. I think he's going to be signing contracts. We're going to have enough money to buy everything at the Dollar General and then some. But coming up in our final segment, we're going to throw out some more names of some potential starters. We're going to tell you who will be starting at edge rusher for your Los Angeles Rams. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. And welcome back to Locked on Rams. Thank you for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Special shout-out to our everydayers. And also, to go check us out over on YouTube if you want to see the video video version go check us out over on the tube hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell but travis in our final segment we have some more names we're going to get into and of course you got to talk about daniel hardy he's another guy a later round pick a seventh round pick out of montana state in 2022 is entering his second year he played 41 defensive snaps and had four tackles in six games He's so far really just a special teamer, and he's going to be 25 this year. But are you optimistic
1: about his future? I think that everybody that makes this team, and we'll see who makes the team through the course of the preseason, cut down days, and all that kind of stuff. I think everybody that's going to make the Rams final roster is going to get a chance to make an impact on this team. I don't think that there's enough talent on the team, or at least proven talent. Let me let me rephrase that. I shouldn't say talent, but NFL proven talent that you say, okay, this guy's going to get the lion's share of the snaps. That guy's going to be the number one backup, and that guy adds some depth. I think it's going to be a situation for this Rams team this season. It's all hands on deck that you're going to get guys that get opportunities. If they play well, they'll stay out there. If they don't, it's next man up and you go from there. They don't have enough depth. Like guy, a guy like Daniel Hardy, who's been around but hasn't played a whole lot, maybe has a slight advantage and that he understands terminologies maybe a little bit better. He understands some schematics a little bit better. But I don't know if anybody has like an inside track on this. I think you're going to see everybody play a lot early and then that things they'll take care of themselves.
0: Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point. I mean, just having one year under your belt makes a huge difference. I mean, Does. when you're high school, that freshman year, you learned so much. Sophomore junior, it's like the same thing, right? The freshman year is where you learn everything. And I do think he is a little on the lighter side at 223. if that truly is his weight, but I'm sure I'm assuming that he's gained some muscle. And I think he is a guy that could be the guy. Look at this point, he's a veteran with this group with so many rookies here as potential options. Then of course you have Nick Hampton. Nick Hampton's really interesting to me. Of course the, rams 161st overall pick he's another guy that could work his way into the rotation 6'2, 236 pounds has great length on his arms 33 and a half inch arms a little on the slower side of 458 with a 165 10 yard split i mean at 236 that's a little lighter for an edge rusher too but he doesn't have those same athletic gifts that byron young has he doesn't have those but i think we look at his size thing he's a potential possibility as well
1: Yeah, I think this goes into the category of let's take a bunch and see if we can find a few. Right, that you don't have to hit on all of these guys. I think that a guy like Young, you're hoping hits because you spent a relatively high draft pick on him, that some of these guys that have been in your organization, maybe you give them a second look. But these guys towards the back end of the draft, guys that are maybe a little undersized, maybe you find lightning in a bottle. Maybe you find a guy that can play in this league that maybe doesn't like the opposite of Young, right? The opposite of the guy that is tall enough, fast enough, big enough, and long enough arms and all these things but just makes plays, just gets to the quarterback, just gets tackles. And I think they're playing a numbers game here. That They're going to bring a bunch of guys in, a lot of undrafted free agents, a lot of later-round draft picks, and just see who can play. And I I think it's exciting if you're one of these players because it isn't a, oh, well, we got a second-round draft pick here, a first-round draft pick. We got a five-year guy who they just paid a whole bunch of money to everybody's kind of in the same boat and whoever plays best will play most. And I think that that's exciting. If you're a guy like a Hardy or any of these other players that have been drafted uh, deeper into the the later rounds.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, the opportunity is there. And I think that's how you're going to get the most out of these guys. That's when you get hungry guys that are ready to compete for positions. And that's really how you get guys to go out there and just go after it. I think to edge, Rusher Oshuan Mathis. He's another interesting guy that's a possibility. The 108 ninth overall pick. Travis, he feels like that guy where you just can't look past his size. He's one of those, okay, this size does not come around very often here. So we're going to go after him. 6'5, 250 pounds, 35. Point two five inches on the arms, 11 inch hands. I mean, he's a big dude. This combination of size, that's just rare. But another guy not on the faster side, a four seven, four forty. So, yeah, I don't think that he's someone that I bet on, but he's going to yeah. be very interesting to see how disruptive, how strong he can be
1: yeah I, i'm glad you brought up the the 40 time because look the the nfl there's a lot of different ways to do things there's a lot of different techniques you can be a smaller more powerful guy like aaron donald you can be a really fast guy like aaron donald you can maybe be both like aaron donald but the the thing that is very hard to cover in the nfl the thing that you just really can't cheat all that much is speed and especially if you're on the edge right that this league is so fast that the guys in this league are so incredibly athletic that if you're just even a tick slower than the guys you're chasing unless your technique is perfect unless the scheme is perfect and we know in the nfl perfect rarely exists you could be exposed. So I, I am a little worried about his lack of speed right there. But you know, other, other guys have done it. They're just that's the speed one is always the strength, the size, all of this stuff. I mean, okay, we can maybe find a way to work around that. But if I gotta chase a guy and I just can't catch him, that's not a good deal.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, too, as the wild card pick, I like the fact that they went that route as yeah. a taller guy, not trying to get three Byron Youngs, three guys that have the same size and, and weight and athleticism. So I think you mix it up from that standpoint. Now, if I was a betting man, Travis, which I am, and I use FanDuel every time <laughs> I bet, I would say I'd put my money on Young and Hardy to be the starters. I like Hoyt. I think as a rotational piece, he's my guy. I just don't like him as a full-time starter. A little bit of a liability against the outside runs. Kind of inexperienced, of course, at that position. Anytime you got running backs changing directions, it's going to scare me. But where are you at right now as far as the starting edge rushers? I think Uh, that Byron Young is a lock in day one.
1: Yeah, I think Young is the best bet to to kind of have one of those spots. I, I'm going to go the other way, Doug. I'm going to think that Hoyt gets the first crack at it. You know, when they open that season uh, against the uh, Seattle Seahawks, I think that that's going to be the guy that's out there. Now, fast forward into the early October, I don't know. He, you know, he may be back in the trenches where he's spent most of his career, but I, I do think that based on what we saw last year, based on some some production that we saw at the end of the year, that he will get the first bite at the apple. Yeah, no,
0: I think you're probably going to be right. I think I would like to see my outside linebackers probably 50 or 60 pounds, a little lighter with a little more agility. But I do like Hoyt as a as a guy that is going to be a big contributor on this team. There's no question about it. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at this team as a whole, I think if things are not going right, that means that Byron Young won't be starting. If everything goes as planned, Byron yeah. Young is going to be their guy early on. I think he has that special sauce that this team needs. But, yeah, you would mentioned Mike quarters in my L.A. Rams one. Hey, I'm trying to get like you. Your ESPN LA, that's a real flex one. That's a nice flex right there. Always rocking that, man.
1: When you work in radio, there's exactly two perks. They bring lunch regularly and they give you free quarter zips. These are the benefits of working in radio. That's that's about it, but it's pretty, pretty good perks.
0: Hey, it works for me, man. Hey, I like it. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. And let us know who do you think should be the Rams starting edge rushers. Let us know. We actually had our first real disagreement on the show, which I really like it. So <laughs> hopefully we'll see more to come. We'll be screaming be at more. each other. But uh, let more. us know. <laughs> But uh, that's going to do it. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at dmac_la, underscore LA. And, of course, that man to your right is Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on Twitter at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is locked on Rams house?